are really blessed to be here. My wife would really like to be here this morning. She, uh, uh, we, at this stage in our life, we transitioned the church in September and pastored it for 38 years. And, and now my role is to go to other churches and, and uh, be a friend, encourage and strengthen. And, and we have about 40 churches we work with. Uh, and then some guys like you that are just friends that we met. We met Bruce and Dory at a, our first church plant. Uh, they had their building dedication, and Bruce and Dory came over for that Leo and Donna Kruger. I don't know if, you, if they've been here. Have they been here? Okay, see, some of you might know them. <clears throat> and, uh, and we got to know Bruce and Dory, and, and then at conferences we visited. And what a wonderful couple. And I, I feel so bad that they can't be here at all this weekend. We, we'd actually planned to go to Monterey for a, a day tomorrow and, and hang out, and uh, they had some special restaurant they told us about, and, and now I have no idea where to go in Monterey. So uh, if you have suggestions, you give me after the service. Um, but my, and then my wife last night just had a, a terrible night sleeping. Uh, she's got the same kind of crud, and so I'm all alone. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually, I, I, sometimes I travel without my wife, but I really prefer to have her with me. I was thinking this morning, she, uh, she keeps me civilized, and, uh, and she helps me not to say the things I shouldn't say. And, and I'm, I have a bit of a reputation for saying things without thinking. For, does anybody else ever do that? You, all right, well, um, so sometimes I say things from the pulpit that I shouldn't say. Yeah, I'm just getting excited, but so who knows what's going to happen today. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I um, just I want to give you a little little bit before I preach. Um, in the prayer room, there are a couple of prophetic words that came out uh, that there there had been uh, there's hindrance. And uh, like the enemy was trying to keep what God wanted to do from happening. And I'm a little cautious of that because sometimes I think we blame a lot of stuff on the devil. It's just us. Amen. Or or just life. But uh, on this trip, uh, we've had a lot of little things that have kind of like I I lost my phone in Spokane. I put it on top of the car and drove on the freeway. (laughs) And, and, you know, that, in today's world, you don't have a phone, you're in big trouble. So I had, to, I had to go get a new phone and go through all that. And we both lost, both lost our debit cards at different times. And we, we found them, so that was good. And then um, Friday, we were coming into San Francisco. We stopped at an overlook, and I got out of the car, and I biffed. I, I fell. And, and I'm, I'm a fairly big guy, and when I fall, it's a, it's a long time down, and it's a long time getting up. This, this, this sweet little man came over and, and he was going to help me and then he kind of looked at me and went, walked off. <laughs> and so I was sort of on my own and, and, and obviously I did get up but I got, I got like a, I think you call it a raspberry, I got a big old raspberry on my knee and it, that hurts. And, um, but about two nights ago I had a dream and it's interesting in the, in the prayer room somebody talked about old men dream dreams. It says it in Acts that and I'm an old man now, so I, I dream dreams. Uh, and I, most of my dreams are just dreams. You understand? Don't, don't, don't get carried away that every dream you have has some super meaning. But I, I had a dream uh, about uh, warfare. 
And, and actually, what it, I woke up and the, the, this thought was there's a battle for somebody's soul. And I actually, I actually felt like there's somebody here today. And maybe it was yesterday because we, we had a couple men respond, to, or three men, I think three men responded to the altar call at the end of it. But you understand what we do really has deeper meaning than we realize sometimes. We, sometimes we just suddenly go to a meeting, we're at church. And, but I, I really felt like the Lord... So okay, there's a battle for somebody's soul. So if you're, if you're here, and, and I, I was praying about this this morning, I felt like the Lord told me to share it before I even preach. Um, I, I want you to know, Jesus understands that. You're here on purpose. He got you here. And, and he, he wins. All right? And he, he, he cares about your soul. And, and so do I. And so I, as I speak, and... And the message, listen to it, and then I, I will give an opportunity to respond at the end of the message. But I, and I, I'm, I'm a pretty practical guy. I'm not, I'm not particularly spiritual. <laughs> I'm, I'm just Bob. You know, they made a movie about me. What about Bob? And, but, but I really have a sense that there's something deeper going on. Somebody that, and it, I don't know if it's somebody coming back to the Lord or somebody who needs to get saved today. Um, but I, I, I really want you to know that Jesus knows that. He knows you're here, and, and he's after you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, um, turn, turn your Bibles to, uh, Acts, or to John 21, if you want. If you, a lot of you have Bibles. That's really unusual. Normally, in my church, it's, everybody picks up their phone, and, and it makes me really nervous because I think they're just checking Facebook. They're... <laughs> Um, but honestly, when I go to church, I normally use my phone as a Bible too, so I shouldn't say anything. Um, when I was 19, 18, 18 years old, I was in fresh, or I was in my second year of college at, at the University of Montana. And uh, one Halloween, uh, some buddies of mine and I decided we would. And don't anybody get freaked out of this. I was an 18-year-old kid. I was stupid, like all 18-year-old kids. I have four kids and 12 grandkids. I really know what I'm talking about with teenagers being not so... You know, they, but here's the good news. They do grow up. And my kids actually made it. They're all, they're all worship leaders today. We weren't sure they were even going to make it to their 20s when they were younger. But anyway, when I, when I was 18 years old, we... Um, Several of us guys uh, went out of the dorm, and we decided we'd go trick-or-treating. And we, we figured our costume, we'd be college students. We thought it was a pretty easy costume. Well, when we went out, we, we saw a police car driving. And so, again, this is an 18-year-old mind thinking. We thought, let's run. <laughs> and, and so we did. We just started. We thought we'd give the police a thrill. And so we just started running, and of course they saw us running, and they're kind of going, and they had the spotlights and everything. And we're running across these backyards by the University of Montana, and I, 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 was, uh, I was the slowest of my friends, but I was also the tallest, by quite a bit actually. And I ran into a clothesline. I mean, I, I literally got clotheslined, and <laughs> poof, I was down on the ground, and there was a flashlight in my face almost immediately. <laughs> And he says, young man, what were you doing? And I said, well, we're, we're running, sir. 
He said, why? And I said, well, it just seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> um, what I want to talk about today is kind of like that. I want to talk, this is a little bit different message, not really anti-faith, but it's, um, I'm going to come up from a different direction. How many of you have ever failed? That's, that should be pretty much every hand here. And, and even as a Christian, even as a pastor, there have been small ones and large ones in my life where I failed or thought I failed, and it, it's like getting clotheslined. There's actually a scripture that you ran well, now what hinders you? And, and I think about that, I always think about that instance from my, my youth when I was, got clotheslined, and, and it, it takes the starch out of you. Failures, uh, it, often it has sin involved in it, but, but not always. Sometimes you just don't have enough to do what you thought you could do. And, and it's, it, it, you lose heart, you lose confidence, you, you know, you just kind of, and you can quit. And I, you know, I've, I've been pastoring a long time. I have friends who aren't pastoring anymore because there was some failure and then they just quit. And, and I, that's just tragic to me. That's, that's actually one of the reasons I do what I do, go to churches and we're on a 35, we're, we're trying this out, we're doing a 35 day mission trip or, or we're going to different churches and because I, I, I want to encourage pastors I want to help them um, in in uh, John uh, we we did as a church we did we preached through the gospel of John it took us about a year and a half we did other stuff and I'm, I'm kind of ADD so I squirrel you know I, and, and I'm a little bit that way with preaching I'll get a series and I'll get kind of bored in the middle of it and I'll do a, a little side series and my young guys just hated that, by the way. They're so organized. They have 18 months of preaching planned out. I know every time I'm preaching the next 18 months, isn't it? God, just, oh well. Anyway, um, but um, we, we did the Gospel of John, and John's really a, really a wonderful book. And one of the things that's really unique about it, it's written quite a few years after the other Gospels, and so it's almost like this old man reflecting back on what happened. And, and so it has things in there that aren't told in the other Gospels and stories. And, but but the, the last chapter is really unique. It's like everything has taken place. Jesus is resurrected. He's talked to his disciples. And then there's this special, just one story. And actually, the last message I preached where I was in charge of the preaching was this, this message. Because I had to go, I finished up John. I said, I want to finish that before. And then turn it over to the younger guys. And and, and what it is, it's the story of Peter. Uh, now I, yesterday I talked about David. I, I, I like both those men because they're flawed. How, how, many, how many of you are flawed? Again, you should all have your hands up. Um, and, and so here's this guy, uh, Peter, who he has this, he's actually maybe my favorite Bible character because he, he's bold, and, and he, does, he does things nobody else did. He's the one that walked on water. But then he also got afraid and started to sink, and Jesus had to save him. Um, the opening story about Peter is uh, Jesus wants to use his boat to preach from, and, and he 
tells him throw out the net, and they catch so many fish they don't know what to do with them all. And and Peter, you know, oh, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. He said, I don't deserve to be around you, Lord. And and Jesus said, you're going to come with me, and, and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And Peter obeys and does that, and obviously his life's radically changed. He's the one that said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and like two verses later, <laughs> he rebukes Jesus. Now, think about it. He rebuked God. Anybody else would like to try that? <laughs> I, but I love that. I love that. He's just, he's out there, okay? And, 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 uh, and, and so they have the Last Supper. You guys know about the Last Supper. They have this dinner together, and, and Jesus starts talking about, so you're gonna, you guys are going to turn, and, and Peter says, I'll die for you. And Jesus said, no, Peter, actually, you're going to deny me. And uh, Peter, no, I'll die. And they all say, you know, oh, never, I'm... I'm with you. <laughs> and, and so then they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus says, well, you guys just wait for, with me for an hour. And he falls asleep. Now think about it. <laughs> he goes, bummer, I was going to die for him. Not can't even stay awake. So, so then the soldiers come. And, and, and Peter, you know, you know what we do when we fail? We, all, we try to overcompensate. How many of you have ever done that? How many, how many, that's how the flower industry stays in business, guys. Because we, we, right? We fail and we buy flowers. For so, so Peter, Peter pulls out a sword and cuts one of the guy's ears off. I, I've thought about that a lot. I thought, I don't think he was very good with a sword. I don't. He couldn't have been just aimed. I, th- I believe I'll slice his ear off. But, but here's what's really amazing to me: Jesus puts it back on. Now, now think. You're put yourself in Peter's shoes, going, I. I I just did that for you. And you just put it back on. Now he's confused. Then, then it gets really heavy. He goes to, he follows behind, and, and John seems to have an in with the, 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 the priest, and, and, and they, he gets him in the courtyard, and Peter's there, and a little girl comes up and says, aren't you a Galilean? Aren't you, weren't you with him? And Peter says, no, I never knew him. Three times this happens. In the Gospel of Luke, the third time, it says the third time that, Peter denied Jesus. It's the only passage that says this. It says Jesus turned and looked at him. Well, I, I remember the first time I read that, I started to cry. I thought, man, what would that do to a guy's heart? I mean, he's, he's failed about as bad as you can fail, at, at least in his mind, I'm sure. He's, he's, I mean, because Jesus was his dear friend. It wasn't, it wasn't just, for three and a half years, these guys all lived together and went through all kinds of stuff together. And th- their whole life was wrapped up in Jesus. And when the chips were down, he blew it. And then, 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 then the word comes that he's resurrected. Mary goes to the tomb. And, and uh, I, I love this too, because I'm slow. And John outruns Peter. <laughs> See, Peter and I were both kind of a little... But here's what, Peter goes into the tomb. John doesn't go in. Peter goes in the tomb, and he, but he's, he's just puzzling all this stuff. And then, then you know, Jesus appears some couple times. In fact, one of the interesting things in one of the gospels, I think it might be Luke, Jesus tells Mary, go tell my disciples and Peter. Stuff's in the Bible on purpose. I th- I, what he's saying is, you know, I really want Peter to know. 
And so Peter does what a lot of us do when we're confused or broken or discouraged. We just go back to the old way. And he says, I'm going fishing. This is, now we've got it in John. And uh, it, it wasn't this kind of fishing. It was fishing with nets. He's going back to his old lifestyle, his old work. And it's interesting when we, when we make decisions, the more authority and leadership God gives us, the more our decisions affect other people. And, and a bunch of the guys go with him. And so they're fishing, and there's this guy on the shore. And he says, you guys caught any fish? And John, the guy's writing a book, he says, I, that's the Lord. I, I love this. This time, Peter didn't walk on water. He just jumps in the water. He just wants to get to shore. And then there's this, you know, and then Jesus feeds him breakfast, which is my favorite meal of the day. And, and I, I kind of like it, except I don't like fish for breakfast. That sounds horrible. <laughs> but to them, it was good. And, and then Jesus has this really personal dialogue with Peter. He says, uh, Peter, do you love me? And the word he uses is agape. It, it's that giving God type of love. And Peter responds and he says, I, I phileo you, which is a, a friendship love. It's real, really interesting how these words are used in this passage. And he says, well, then, then feed my sheep. He asks him again. Remember, he denied him three times. Jesus has him affirm it three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, I phileo you. Do you got me? I phileo you. He said, feed my sheep. Last time, and I'll come back to this, Jesus said, do you phileo me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I phileo you. He actually gets kind of upset. And he said, now feed my lambs. And uh, there's, there's something really powerful going on there. When, when we fail, we have a God who's immediately there to help us. And and my experience, I've pastored a long time, is that all of us have seasons when we fail. And we can, we can even outwardly appear like we're together, but inside we're kind of broken and not feeling too good about ourselves. And I, I, I want to look at what Peter did. But I wanna, there, there's a scripture, and I don't know if these things are coming up. Are they coming up on my notes there? It's Psalm uh, 61, verse 2. Let's see if that magic works. That, that would be the next slide. Oh, we could be in trouble. Okay. Uh, Psalm 61, 2 says, From the end of the earth I will cry to you when, when my heart is overwhelmed. How many of you ever had your heart overwhelmed? He says, then, then lead me to the rock that's higher than I. This is, honestly, this is more about Jesus than it is us, people. We, we need Jesus to help us in everything we do. And I, I've been walking with the Lord. I've been, I've been saved probably longer than most of you have been alive. I got saved when I was four and a half. I'm 73. For, for almost 69 years, I've been saved. Thank you, Jesus. But I had, I had a pretty big season in there when I ran away from God. And I, my, my testimony is God's faithful. I love the... the Great is your faithfulness. I love that song. 
your promise still stands. You know, I, I actually, every, almost every time I sing a song, I want to cry. I just think, God, you just are. And, and, it, and it's true. He's never going to fail. So you don't have to say yet, but, but you kind of get the picture. He, he doesn't quit on us. So when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock who's higher. Than. Let's pray together. And uh, let's invite the Lord to speak to us, because I believe there's some things God wants to share with you this morning. So would you put your hand on your heart, and we're going to pray. And, and I have to teach this everywhere I go. When I say pray together, that means you're going to pray out loud with me, okay? So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, this morning, I bring my heart and mind to you. I pray that they be open. I pray that you speak to me. I pray that you teach me, and I pray that you reveal yourself to me. Help me to understand, to receive, and to walk in truth that sets me free. Thank you, Jesus. Fathers, we prayed for open hearts and open minds. God, you know, you know the exact condition of every heart in this room. God, you know all the secret stuff, you know everything about each of us, and you know where we're at right now. So God, I pray that you take my words, and God, you tailor make them for each person, God, where they're at, where they need to hear, that they would hear what they need to hear today, and that you'd breathe life into your words so that it would bring life to your people. God, anoint my words, my thoughts in this time together for your glory, we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Amen. So, when you fail, are you, oh, you, you, you're going to be able to, get me, I'm going to come down here. I, I like to, would you come here a second? I, um, if I fall again, I really won't get up. I'll just, I'll lay there and moan. <laughs> All right, thank you. See, sometimes you just need help. Amen. I love this passage of Peter, and when I was studying it to preach at our church, I thought, this really is about a guy who failed miserably, and I think the Lord just added it in there as an encouragement, because it gives us a process of what to do when you fail. Number one, number one, when you fail, run to Jesus. What the temptation is when you fail is to run away. You know, there, there's all kinds of sins we can do. Some are more acceptable than others, right? Some, some are, there are Christian sins that we would come to church and not feel too bad about being in church. There are other sins that we don't want to be anywhere around church people if we have them in our life. Here's the truth, they're all sin. <laughs> and, and they keep us from God. And the temptation is to back away when something gets wrong in your life. You don't want to go to small group. You don't want to go to church. You're, you, you want to, and if you're sitting in the back, I'm not talking to you, but, if, but you might want to sit in the back of the church because you don't feel comfortable being up front. I mean, I've talked to people. I've been pastor a long time. I've talked to people about this, and, and I've experienced in my own life. You know, if, if, if I've got a bad attitude, my wife says, let's pray. <laughs> I think, I don't want to pray. <laughs> I want to go watch TV and, and get away from it. When you fail, run to Jesus. I, I love this picture of Peter. He just jumps out of the boat and goes to shore. 
He doesn't try explaining, Lord, help me to walk on the wall. He just wants to get to Jesus because Jesus is the answer. Go, go ahead and put the scriptures up if you could. And poof. All right, I'm going to give you these scriptures. <laughs> oh, there we go. Then the disciple of Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He put on his tunic for he'd stripped for work. He jumped into the water and headed for shore. Go ahead and put the next scripture up. Uh, did you change the PowerPoint or something? These normally flow really well. All right, here we go. Okay. Colossians 1.13 says, For he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the only one that can get us right. <clears throat> I, I, one of my favorite subjects to preach on is repentance. And, and I, I believe most Christians don't understand repentance very well. And when you say you need to repent or... We, we look at it almost as a negative thing. Here's the truth. We get to repent. All right? We get to repent. And it's actually, in one place, it's called a gift, the gift of repentance. And so what that means is you can get the sin out of the way. Now, here's why. Have you, have you ever repented for something, but you still feel kind of yucky? And then we use terms like, I just can't forgive myself. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but you, you understand that we, we get that kind of mentality. Here, here's the truth. You're not allowed to forgive yourself. <laughs> so so this, you don't, you're not supposed to forgive. Jesus is the only one that can forgive sin. And, and what we do is we need to come to him. And, and I, I think God showed me something in this. Most of us, when we want to get sin out of our life, it's because it makes us feel yucky. <laughs> right? When you sin, by, by the way, I'm speaking from experience. I, 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 I'm, I've lived 73 years. I've probably got a list longer than any of you. But when you sin, you just feel horrible. And so you want to get free of it. And that's when we say, I can't forgive myself. The purpose of repentance is not to get so you feel better. It's so you can get back on track with God. Do you understand? To remove the obstacle to God. That's why you repent. Because sin blocks your relationship with the Lord. Is that, is that true? Every time, if I get sin in my life, if, whether it's a bad thoughts or, or I, I mean, I drove on the freeway coming down here. That, that required a lot of repentance. <laughs> we, we don't have traffic like you guys. Man. <laughs> I was actually mad at Siri. Well, because she kept telling me to go a different direction. And then when I got to the accident, I realized that's why she told me to go a different direction. I didn't trust her. Uh, but but when, when, I, when I do something wrong, when something's wrong in my life, when I fail, I, 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 my t I want to feel better about myself, but I'm not really thinking about getting to God. I'm thinking about me feeling better. And, and that's when we say things like, I can't forgive myself. Here's the reason for repentance. I want to get it out of the way because I want to be with Jesus. And any sin in my life hinders my walk with God. Is that true? Yeah. It's all through the Bible. Uh, you know, it, it, your sin separates from God. I, I, 
I realize that if you're born again, you still have access to the Father. But any amount of sin in my life keeps me from having that free-flowing relationship with the Lord. Amen? And so when I, when I fail, I want to I I get it out and get right. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalms. I mentioned this yesterday. Psalm 139. In uh, verse 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and try me, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Look, exam- uh, I think the message Bible says, cross-examine and test me, and see if there's anything that's offensive to you, and then lead me in the way of her love last night. God, help me get this stuff out of my life. I want to be free with you. Amen? Amen. Run to Jesus, and, and let, him, let him heal your heart. Let him... Let him renew your relationship. Let him restore your soul. First uh, John says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I, I, I love that. He doesn't just forgive. He washes it away. And so it, we're justified, which is justified, never done it. I'm, I tell my church sometimes, I, I'm holy. I'm holy Bob. Not because I'm together, because the blood of Jesus makes me holy. And I, I'm, a, I'm a righteous man. I'm a righteous dude. <laughs> because of the work of God in my life. So, so run to Jesus. I think I, uh, what joy for those whose record the Lord is clear of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. I really love that. Just open with the Lord. And, and, and when you fail, the tendency is to close off. What, what I talked about David just what David really had is David would open up with the Lord and say, God, I did this. He said, you desire, Psalm 51, you desire truth in the inner parts. And when you're like that, God can free you. So, amen. Number one, run to Jesus. Number two, number two, number two, respond the best you can. Now, this, this is really important. Because sometimes when you fail, you don't feel like you have much to give back to God. Or you may feel like, I'll probably fail again. How many of you ever felt like that? Come to the Lord with what you have, and he'll take you the way you are. Go ahead and put this scripture up. Uh, third time he asked him, remember? I said three times. The, th- the third time when he asked him, he says, Peter, he asked him, do you agape me? I phileo you. Do you agape me? I phileo you. Jesus said, all right, I'm going to go down to your level where you're at, Peter. This is really cool. Do you flail me? He said, yes, Lord. That's all Peter could do. By the way, Peter later will write in the the book of Peter, he'll tell us to agape one another deeply from the heart. So it wasn't like he stayed there, but at that point, that's all Peter could promise the Lord. He said, God, this agape thing that you got, I, I don't... Have that. I'll give you what I got. And what I love is the Lord met him where he's at. And, and you need to know that God will meet you where you're at. He'll take you in your brokenness and your weakness. And he'll restore you and he'll make you whole. When I was uh, about my, our third year of ministry, my wife was in a bad accident. Uh, she was going down a water slide and broke her pelvis, and it never healed properly. And about just fairly soon after that, she got pregnant with our fourth child, our son. 
And, and she just never healed up properly. She has actually struggled physically our whole ministry from that, from that time on. Uh, there are days she can barely walk. Uh, now, if, if you were around her, you wouldn't know that. And I mean, she's full of life and is very loving towards people. But, but secretly at home and, and behind the scenes sometimes, she's just in terrible pain. In fact, when we travel, we, I actually make a bed in the back. And she watches movies. She rides me for a while, and then she has to go lay down because she can't sit for that long a period of time. And when this happened, we were young in ministry. Our church had actually grown. Our church had grown to about 250 people. And we were sort of ministry stars. And we went to a conference with this group of churches we were with. And, you know, people like success, and we'd had some success. And so people were coming up and asking us about our church. But inside, we didn't feel like success. We felt overwhelmed and it, the, the last night of the conference uh, man some of you might have known Leonard Fox I don't know if any of you know who he is he he was a kind of a prophetic brother he was preaching and he gave an altar call I can't even today I can't remember what the altar call was for but I saw a friend of mine go down and I thought you know what if he can go I can go and so Cindy and I went down and knelt in those days you go down the front and you kneel at the altar and we just started to sob. I, I, I don't think we realize, you know, how, you can be broken and, and kind of just doing it, figuring you're all tough it out. And then when you realize, I'm hurting here, people get, begin to pray over us and prophesy over us. And, and they were, really got concerned. They were, and then I was thinking, this guy's doing well. He's crying. He, he must have sin in his life. <laughs> really, I mean, there were people worried that I was having an affair or something like that. was... And it was nothing like that. And, and people were just trying to love on us and help us and ask, are you okay? And I didn't even know what to say. And afterwards, Cindy and I went down and sat. I remember there was a bench. This is a church up in Alaska. Went and sat on this bench. And, and we were just, we literally felt like we didn't have anything to give. And I, 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 we prayed together. We said, Lord, we're, we're pretty busted. And, and I don't know if we can pastor very many people. But that means our church has to go down to 50 or 25. God, we'll do the best we can to be faithful to that 50 or 25. I mean, honestly, 250 just seemed overwhelming to me. And we said, God, this is what we got. We'll give it to you. Our church is over 1,000 now. and We've planted churches around the world. We have missions overseas. How did that happen with these two people who are pretty broken and pretty not, not much? To, you know what God did? He gave me really good people to come alongside and say, you need a lot of help. <laughs> so I have this amazing team of people that have helped us build and, and create this. And, and even today, we still minister in brokenness. My wife's back at the hotel. I mean, she, now she's got a cold, but, but this traveling is hard for her. And that's kind of the call of my life. Just go to God with what you got. Say, God, I don't have much. What I have will give you. There's a story, and I got the scripture up there. You guys know it. Of a woman comes, people are bringing money in, and they're giving it, and, and uh, people, they're impressed. You know, look, that guy gave, look at how much he gave. He had his servants carry his gold and put it for the altar. <laughs> and a woman comes in and puts a penny in. And Jesus said, she gave more than everybody. Because they gave out of their abundance, she gave out of her poverty. I, I really want you to hear this. 
God will take you exactly the way you are. When you're broken, messed up, don't, I don't have anything to do, but here I am. And, and God, what, what happens? He breathes life into that, and he can do whatever he wants with it. Don't be impressed by gifting or, or skill. What, what God's looking for is surrendered hearts. And there may be people here today, you've, you've maybe written yourself off because of your past or because of stuff that you've struggled with. Just say, here I am, Lord. I, I'm telling you, I'm a testimony of that. There's nothing except the grace of God that would bring me here today. But it is the grace of God. A- amen? amen? So, number three. Number three, when you, when you fail, don't compare yourself with others. <laughs> I, I, love, I love Peter. So Jesus says, Peter, you're going to die, and this is what's going to happen, and people are going to have to dress you when you get older and so on. I'm kind of getting there myself, but... And I did. I took, put two different shirts on. Cindy, how am I dressed? And she has to check it out. I don't know what looks good. And does this look okay? Could you be a little more enthusiastic? <laughs> so, and Peter, you know, it's really a personal moment with Peter. And he goes, what about him? <laughs> I mean, really, that's kind of funny, really. He's having this heavy Jesus moment. He says, well, what about him? And, and and Jesus, this is actually really cool. Jesus says, if I want him to live until I come back again, what's that to you? And then Peter, John, who's writing this, says, guys, he never said I was going to live that long. He just said if I want him to. He actually writes that in because everybody began the rumor, go around, John's going to live forever. He said, no, Jesus never said, never said that. He just said if I want him to. Here, here's, don't, don't compare yourself with other people. You don't know what's going on in their life. Have you ever, you ever looked at somebody and said, man, I, they're so spiritual. They're so godly. Wish I could be like that. You have no idea what's really their relationship. With, just worry about your own heart towards God. When I became a pastor and started counseling people, I realized what a good deal I got with my wife. <laughs> Before that, I probably looked at other marriages, other women, and, and I would think, something, well, I wish my wife was a little more like that. Or a little. I, after a few counseling sessions, I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> you, you honestly don't know. People can look really good and have some really weird stuff inside, or they can look really bad and have some wonderful stuff inside. It, there's, there's a great scripture uh, in 2 Corinthians. Oh, you guys are on a roll now. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with with themselves, they're they're not wise. I I believe the message Bible says they're fools. And and we all do this. We we measure, pastors do it. Well, you know, somebody speaks at a conference, oh, that guy must be amazing. I wish I had that. And, And you don't know what's in their life. You don't know the brokenness. You don't know the hurt. You don't know where, how they got there. You just don't know. Or, or churches compare themselves with other churches. Be what you are and who you're supposed to be. 
I, I, I love the scripture. I will praise you, O God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. All your works are marvelous. Psalm 139. I, I love that scripture. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. Isn't that amazing? God says you are a masterpiece. What, what's your name? Ken. Ken? All right, Ken, you're a masterpiece. Uniquely formed by God. There's, there's no one on earth like you. And there's unique gifting. There's wounding in your life. There's blessing in your life. There's all kinds of things that God has. It's a lot of them were God doing it, but God uses all that and, and takes who you are, and he has a path for you to walk, for, walk the rest of your life. And it's different from every person, every other person's room. And, and there, are, there are ways, there are things that only you'll be able to do. And there are things that others can do that you can't do. And, and you know what? Just do what you, you're supposed to do. Just, God, my life's with you. Does that make sense? That, that fits for all of us. Each of us is a unique person formed by God. So probably one of my favorite concepts in, in the Bible is, what I, I shared with the men yesterday, I, I, I grew up in a church where it was basically you got saved and you hung on until Jesus came. And, and I didn't do very well at hanging on. But when, when I came back to the Lord, what I, I got this vision that, God has purpose for every person's life. We have, we have a destiny, each person. And so I, I just want to walk my destiny, my path. And I don't want to try to do somebody else's. By the way, Peter will fail again after this. <laughs> and, and Paul comes in and rebukes him. Yeah. That's a bummer when Paul rebukes you. He wasn't even one of the original guys. <laughs> I had my six-year-old son rebuke me one time. <laughs> my wife and I were having an argument. And my son said, he's re, he was really a mellow kid, really a sweet, mellow kid. He said, Dad, why do you have to win every argument? I went, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's, it's good to be rebuked. It is. Honestly, it, it changed some things in our marriage. So. Don't compare yourself. Let me give you the last one because this, I, I actually feel like something God wants me to emphasize with you today, and that's get back to his business. Go ahead and put the scripture up. Third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him the question the third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. I, I, I like your community. I, I'm from a town about this. Ours is about 60,000. You're about 40,000. And I realize a lot of you work in other places, but it has more of a rural atmosphere. And people are friendly. I, I, I've, I've invited three people I've got to invite to church since we've been here. The, the clerk at the desk, and she, she actually lives 40 miles away, so she couldn't come. But later in, the, in the, our visit, she's asked us to pray for her, and we've developed a little dialogue. Last night, I went out to get us some food, and I had this long conversation, just talking about life with the, with the uh, owner, I think he's the owner of the Chinese restaurant I went to, or anyway, seemed to know what he was doing there, and uh, I, I told him what I was here for, and, and he, he, they were asking what church, and I invited him and, and the waitress, and both of them expressed interest in coming. He said, we're, we work so hard. People around here work a lot. And I realize you guys have to drive a long way, so I commend you for being in church. I, I, this morning, I was coming down the elevator, and I got in a dialogue with the maid. 
She said, where, where are you going? I said, I'm going to preach. She said, are you a preacher? I said, yeah, I'm a preacher. I, she said, where are you preaching? I told her, she, and I said, you should go to that church. It's a great church. I, and I said that by faith. Well, I met your men. I met your men. Yeah. Honestly, I met your men yesterday, and I could, there's a great spirit there. And she said, you know, I, I need to go. I want to go to that church now. I, I'm going to go. She said, I could just walk over here because we're staying right at the hotel right over there. Here's what. Listen, there are 40,000 people here. I, I'll bet you, I'll bet you 30,000 at least of them are not in church right now. How do you think they're going to get there? Now you say, well, I, I, do I have to go preach the gospel? No, just invite them to church. And when they come, sit with them. And then take them out for lunch afterwards. And just be, just be a friend. The, the Bible says this, that, that you smell like life to people that are getting saved. You smell like life. And it says you smell like death to those that aren't. And so that's why you get rejected sometimes. But just invite people to church. I, I'm a stranger in your community. And these people, everyone I talk to is really open and, and, and really nice. I mean, really dialogue and, and we're ex- kind of excited. Just invite people to church. Look, in fact, don't get religious about it. Don't say, the Spirit of the Lord is in our church. Don't say stuff like that. Just say, you'll be loved there. And, and by the way, you're a loving group. You're just—I mean, people are friendly and kind here. And you, you got coffee, and you got—you got a cool kitchen, and and you got a great pastor and his wife. And you just invite them. The, the Bible says the people out there have no hope. That's—we get mad at them when they act like unbelievers. And then that's sad, really, when you think about it. Christians. You, I can't believe they say those words, and I can't believe that they believe that, and I can't believe that they vote that way, and I can't believe they have no hope. That's the Bible says that, and you guys are filled with hope. So, so if you fail, repent, get get back on track with God, bring in what you got, and then then start bringing people to church. I did, when I was a young pastor, I did a church tree. We, we probably had 50 people in church, and I, I wanted to see how everybody came to church, kind of a, where the roots of everybody came. And the largest tree, in other words, the largest branch where the most people that came were from the most dysfunctional family in our church. I mean, th- these people really had some serious issues about life and marriage but they were so grateful to be in church that they had this, they've invited all, about half our church came from that one tree of these people just inviting people and then the people they invited invited other people. God, God uses people that are broken to reach people that are broken. And he uses people he's made whole to give hope to people that aren't whole. And so when you fail, Say, Lord, here I am. I'm running to you. I, I need you to fix me. This is all I got. And honestly, Lord, it's not very much. But I'm going to give it all to you. Don't, don't look around. Don't compare yourself with other people. And then as he begins to restore and heal you, you start just doing whatever he calls you to do. 
And, and I'll tell you what, you know what happens? Life happens. The Bible says give is going to be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. That's, that's not money. That's life. You give out life, you get more life. You're, you're, we're I, 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 we're a, a vessel that the grace of God flows through. And so look for ways that God can use you. And it's amazing. You, you'd be astounded how open people are and how much God will use you. This room should be full. There's a lot of people out there that, that honestly don't even realize that there's a place they can find hope. And so God, just pray that. God, use me. Point out somebody and, and make it really nice and simple. I don't, I don't say, you know, you need, to, you need a life transformation. You have sin in your life and, and hell's awaiting you. <laughs> I just say, you, you should go to that church. Yeah, I know they have a great pastor and wife, his wife. They're just wonderful people, and, and you're going to get blessed. You need to go to there. You, yeah, I think I'll try that out. <laughs> now, they may not come, but if I invite 100, maybe three will come. That's actually my favorite thing to do is invite people to church, even, even in communities um, I'll, that I don't know anybody. And in my the one of the reasons I, turned, I knew I was the right guy to turn my church over to we, we don't, I don't even have a card that has my name on it. I just have church invites I give out. And they're little, like a little business card. And when I give them out in my community, often they'll say, oh, somebody already gave them to me. There's a short guy with a bald head. Is his name Nate? And I say, yeah, that's the guy who took over for me. He's better. He's the only one in the church better about inviting people than me. <laughs> I think he's the right guy. Because he just loves people. And, and that's what we should do because Jesus has made us whole. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with prayer. Let's bow our heads. If I, at the beginning of the message I talked about people, I, I felt like there's pe- somebody, maybe several people here that there's a battle for your soul. Maybe you lost heart and backed away and God's trying to draw you back. That's actually my story. Or maybe you've never come to Jesus. I, I, this, is, this is your day. God, God brought you here so that you could get right with him. This is, a, this is a healthy place. And there are people here that will love you and encourage you. But, but you have to make the first step. You have to say, I, I want that.